Everybody in LA, in Hollywood, they got personal trainers. But then their brain is like an obese, out of shape. And they're like, no, I'll fix it on my own through the progression of time. No, you don't fix it. Shit gets worse with time. Welcome to my radio podcast for today. I got a question for you. For a marriage to last, what's more important, friendship or chemistry? And I literally just posted on my Twitter. All you entrepreneurs out there, you should use Twitter polls at least, I use it every day, but at least once a week or once a month. So I have at this table, we're here at um, Bossa Nova in Sunset, on Sunset Boulevard. There's seven females and three guys. So we have a well-represented panel of questions. Now, also I have another question for that only women could ask. 90% of the time I meet girls' boyfriends and I want to ask the girl, what the hell do you like in that dude? It's like, it's like women. And so I want to, the second question that I'm going to do a Twitter poll as we do this podcast is, what percentage of people are in relationships because they don't think they can get better and so they're afraid to like take a step out and be alone for a little bit versus they're totally happy in the relationship because i feel like we i was just talking to a certain someone here but i won't put her on the spot uh no it wasn't her it wasn't her and it's like she's with the guy and i'm like are you gonna stay with this guy you've been for years and actually over here too, we have number two person that said the same thing. Like, so the question is, I think 90% of people, 90% of people compromise. And we have their opinions in the background. What, what's your opinion? We have someone here to the side that told me she's extremely afraid of social settings, but she talks nonstop. So little side note, very few people actually know themselves. They're like delusional. So, okay. Who here at the table has ever been in a relationship and you didn't, you stayed in it, not because you really liked them, but it was the best you could get at the time? Yeah. One, two, been in a relationship, but it wasn't, you were like, I can do better. But, but I'm just with this person in the interim. Three, four, how about you? more like I'm secure right now. Yeah, yeah but feel safe. you feel I'm, safe, yeah. but you know there's no long-term future. That's what I'm talking about. How often yeah. have you done that? Oh, yeah, no, I've done that. Five, <laughs> six. So, so here's the thing about life. Yesterday, there was a mass shooting, largest mass shooting in U.S. history. I was in Vegas. I took off and took a picture from the, I was at a private jet airport, and I took a picture out the window. We were right next to the festival at Mandalay Bay. If I had left maybe two or three hours later, we would have been right in the middle of the shooting. So life is short. So what, do you know what happened? This is a good love story. Did you see this guy? They were shooting and him and his girlfriend ran and he put himself, he hugged her and he got shot in the back and died, but he protected her. So she had a good guy, turned out to be good. But I swear to God, okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Your friend made a funny face when I was talking about relationships. You were in a relationship for how long with a guy? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of a relationship person. So how long was the last one? The last one, like two years. The last one was two years. What the hell did you like in the guy? Because your friend, did you like him? Okay, your friend says he's trash. Why did you like him? Like, why are there such divergent? And I'm going to tell you the reason. I'm reading the most fascinating book. For those of you who don't have iBooks, I'm going to give, I mean, who have iBooks, listen and buy this book. It's by Sigmund Freud. It's called Group Psychology and the Analysis of the Ego. He says love is 
the close the closest analogy is hypnotism people get hypnotized and they forget to see the flaws and you said you felt secure but you were hypnotized your friend wasn't hypnotized so she saw the truth so for a relationship to be real because i've been in relationships where i'm like this girl just likes me but i don't know if she loves me or just loves being in love one of my best friends this dude was in love when i first met him he's from south america i met him like 10 years ago first time i met him he's like dude i met the love of my life okay i was like oh i never met him so i thought that was like rare six months later three months later he's like i'm like what happened to the last girl he's like dude forget her i've met the love of my life over and over he's had a love of his life 20 times in the last 10 years so i told him one day i said dude you're not actually in love with uh what freud calls the ego object so you don't give a shit about the person you just love to be in love so my question to you is did you actually love this guy or were you just in love with being in love because you admitted you're a relationship kind of person and how long in the relationship for the relationship did you know he wasn't the guy for you long term out of the two years how long did it become apparent that you're like hell no i'm not spending the rest of my life with this guy one week you know there's like that butterflies and stuff in the beginning so you stay with them for a full year i think this is actually the pattern what's the longest relationship you've been in all right we have one person a year and a half six years six years adrian longest two two craig you were married seven seven four four longest um probably like four four my longest is like three Three. Six months. Six, okay. <laughs> okay. We got we got some issues here. <laughs> all right. So, in that relationship that each of you said we have all this range, what percentage of the time were you fully actually in love with the person? You were not like Sigmund Freud. You were not hypnotized by the love effect. You actually saw them clearly, and you loved their. What did you love about this guy for two years? Just tell me, what was lovely about him? I mean, honestly, like, I feel like when you first meet someone, like, for me personally, I love when, like, a guy is an asshole to me. I love... Okay, so he was an asshole to you, so you have mental problems. That's actually mental problems. No, not like an asshole, but it's... She said, for those of you listening, she said she loves when a guy is asshole. Okay, not... You know what a psychologist calls that? She has, I like him to like, you know, like me, and but then at the same time. You like games. Yeah, I kind of like games. By the way, that's like, called for if you want the technical term, that's called anxious avoidance syndrome. It's um, there's three main, there's four main types of love types. Secure, about 50% of people are secure. The other 25 are anxious, and they're about 20% are avoidant, and the last like 5% are anxious avoidant. That's the worst, by the way. The worst. So here's the definition. I'm gonna ask you a question. If a guy first month if he's super into you do you get kind of freaked out and not like him um i mean i don't know that's never really like happened to me honestly so you like assholes okay (laughs) a lot of women trust me have fucking psychology problems mental problems and so do men this guy why you've been with them why are you in love with him what about him is lovely because something gotta be the definition of love there has to be something about them no, it's not always sex. That's bullshit. You got. You can't talk. You only got six six months experience. She don't know shit. 
she, she said sex. No woman, for the most part, stays long-term with a guy just because of sex. Unless they have mental problems, like stripper girls. I know stripper girls. If a guy doesn't treat them like shit, what happens is, here's what, if you want to know the actual psychology, when you're about five years old, by the time you're five, right, you, you form attachment to your parents. Do you, your mom and dad married? No. Okay. So there's this thing called R factor, or K factor, sorry. If you have a fucked up initial five years of your life, or you don't see love, you basically create a mental map that's all backwards. So for example, you'll learn that being attached to a good person, you'll think it creates pain. It also creates narcissism. Most narcissists, they overcompensated. They weren't loved by their parents. People think that narcissism comes from compliments. Not really, not when you're young. When you're young, narcissism, your parents don't compliment you. So you overcompensate and you're like, I'm gonna be, I love myself. And the same thing with this avoidant thing. So most people, the problem is people by the time they're 18 years old, their mind is so fucked up, it's like wires, and there's no way you can rewire them. That's just, I got good news and bad news if you're listening. My mentor, Dr. David Buss, who's probably the most experienced living psychologist in the world, he wrote the textbook for Harvard, for Yale. I asked him, I said, can a person really change? And he said, three important things if you're writing down notes. Number one, it depends on the person. Some people can't change hardly at all. It's a lost cause. Number two, it you probably can't, for the most part, change more than 10, maybe 20%. So number three, all you people having kids out there, for the love of God, please, can you not fuck up your kids so we have these horrible humans running around? That's what happened in Las Vegas. This dude was not normal. A normal guy doesn't become 60 years old, take a, what did he have, an AK-47 or an AR? He had an AR and he shot 500 people, or 500 people were injured, 50, over 50 killed. And let me tell you the story, the background story. His father was one of the most wanted bank robbers in history. That shit gets inherited, by the way. Ability, psycho, being psychotic or having what's called low impulse control, which he obviously had, um, that's genetic. So at some level, you know, you can, there used to be this thing called eugenics. In America, they used to sterilize people and say, you can't have kids. That's unethical, so they stopped doing that. But, but, there is some truth to the fact that some people shouldn't be having kids so they fix themselves, like literally. And that's what basically everybody says, what's wrong in the world? I'm like, I can tell you. There's no, there's a, you gotta have a license to drive a car, but you don't have to have a license to have kids anybody that can sleep with somebody that's all it takes and then you bring a new life into this earth and then we get 7.3 billion people half of them are literally lost and psychologically impaired 25 there's a big study just came out 25 percent of women have serious psychological problems 25 that's one in four and 15 percent of men so about one in seven men does anybody here, has anybody here ever been in love with an actual quality guy? <laughs> no. No? Have you? <laughs> like in hindsight, when Freudian... Quality means when the hypnosis disappears. When the first year she talked about of love, of being hypnotized, when that's gone. And then you look back at the guy, objectively, not hypnotized. Did you go, 
Oh, that guy makes sense. That made sense. Or were you like, what the hell? Yes, sir. What, what did you love about him? Okay, generosity, but why are you not with him anymore? He was more goal-oriented? Oh, he was in a band. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was in a band. That, that's not, So he was goal. What he actually wanted to do was go on the road and have fun for the most part. Girls love musicians, and they always have these heartbreak stories. Which is another thing, you know, there's something called self-fulfilling prophecies and business. I meet people, the second they get a business big enough to make money, they somehow mess it up. Do some stupid thing. Same with love. People get in that, and then the second it's big enough potential, it all falls apart. It's pretty, just remember this. 50% of people have their head screwed on straight when it comes to love. So you gotta find that automatically 50% of people are disqualified. Anybody you meet, you might as well flip a coin. Because that tells you the odds, first of all, that they're even psychologically sane. I'm not even talking about if you're attracted to them or any of that stuff. I'm pretty much convinced that men aren't that important. You know that a few men could populate the whole planet. Women are important because you need one woman per baby. But you don't need one woman. The, the, there was a guy named, uh, what was his name? Barack, something uh, in the, about a thousand years ago, something the bloodthirsty, Mubarak the bloodthirsty, he had 1,100 kids. One man. 1,100. He, Genghis, yeah, what do you mean is it possible? No, not Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan had so many kids. One in seven Asians, he's their grandfather. Isn't that insane? He's grandfather to one-seventh of Asia. So my, oh, here's what I'm convinced. There needs to be less men on the planet. Is this controversial, Adrian, that I say this? <laughs> keep it going, keep it going. Keep it going. This is the, the, no, but I'm serious. Like, if you look at evolution, like if you read an evolutionary psychology textbook, men are more competitive. Men die more. They kill themselves in car crashes. They kill themselves in barroom fights then women hardly ever kill each other. Almost never. They, they're catty. They talk a lot of mad crap behind the girl's back, but they don't actually knife people. Sometimes they'll knife their husband in the back, but not so often, you know? But basically, I'm pretty sure the world would be a better place if it was like 70-30. 70% women. I heard a guy say, if women ran all the countries in the world, there'd be no more wars. But once a month, there'd be some serious tension between the countries. <laughs> once a month, China and America would be like, ah. But they wouldn't, you know, quite kill each other. So I don't know how to, if any of you listening to this podcast episode have a solution. Here's, that was her solution. Do you want wine? I think what we could do. I'm glad you're very engaged in this conversation. She's very engaged in this conversation. These two over here, I'm like, can you not have a side conversation? They're like, sure. Okay, let's have a side conversation. For those of you who believe in astrology, she has a lot of Sagittarius. They like attention. So if someone else is getting attention, they're like, hell no. That ain't going to happen on my watch. I will bring it right to myself. What if we send half the men in the world on an Elon Musk uh, rocket ship to Mars. 
I think that'd be good. Only men want to go to Mars. You never, do you guys want to go to Mars? Is that exciting to you? Mars? No. Mars? That's Mars? Okay, one. You can tell a lot about a woman, by the way. By the way, I'm working on the most extensive study of personality tests ever done in history. I created a test with Dr. Buss that's, I had all of them take it, except you didn't take it. No, not the more in-depth one. And I'm telling you this, you can tell everything, by the way, this little, I'm meandering around conversations. A woman who aggressively DMs you first, watch out dudes. Every time I test girls who DM me first, 99% of the time they score horribly on psychological tests. I, I, and all you people are gonna get mad. They score horribly. Yeah, I believe that you DM guys. I we have. We have case study. We have case study number one at the end of the table right here. Right when I said that, she goes, I DM'd a guy today. And that's like, one a day, she's saying. Yeah. Trust me, mental problems. No, the test that I have, or the test that I have, who got the Italian? Who got carbonara? I don't think we ordered yet. So what horrible means, no, but you're tricky. I don't believe you. I've met you in person. About 5% of people can trick my test. Let me ask you a question. I got like the lowest score on the test. Your mom and dad, tell me about your childhood. They're like farmers. <laughs> I'm from Iowa. That don't mean anything. There's psycho, there's farmers that got bodies in the basement right now. What? <laughs> Who's Ed Gein? Ed Gein, the guy. Uh, made a people, people costume? No. No. Just trust me, guys. Because a lot of guys are like, my dream world is where like girls are just DMing me like celebrities. No. I've been on both sides of that. I've, I've had a life that's normal, and then I've had a life where girls DM me. Now I don't even respond. If a girl DMs me, I'm like, hell no. And the reason I know that, I, I sent my test to at least th a thousand of those girls. And, and that's statistically significant. At least nine, I did a test once, 100 girls. And by the way, the other type of girl that's completely messed up, models. All these dudes want models, I'm like, no. You can hang out with models, but you don't wanna date a model. No, sir. There's a few exceptions, but not much. I did a test on 100 of the top Instagram models. I sent them my test, 87 of them got a completely fucked up score. Not even. A messed up score, so okay, they're asking me a good question. Here's the psychological score that's messed up. The first thing you look at is dark triad. So you look at narcissism, Machiavellianism, and, and being psychotic. If they score high on narcissism, you can do something called a nice narcissism inventory, which I did on you. Her narcissism inventory, I, shit, can I say? It's the other test I sent you with the red bars. You got probably, the craziest score I've ever seen. So maybe you were drunk that day when you took it. I'm gonna give you that better. So here's what narcissism personality. So you could, a narcissist is someone who loves themselves and can't see things from other people's side of the story. There's five aspects in narcissism. There's authority, superiority, exhibitionism, vanity, and exploitativeness. So there's subcategories. Who here's ever met a dude, because we got a lot of women here, who's good looking, but he's completely into himself, and he's a piece of crap. Yeah, because narcissists either have 
Yeah, let me see. Let, can I show your score? This is amazing. I love life sometimes. I'm like, wait, where's, wait, show the bottom one. Uh, wait, go here. Okay. Wait, where was it? Look at this test. This is, she got, she got a 37 out of 40. 40 is the highest you can get. And you got a 37. So I got good news for you. On vanity, and vanity means like looking at yourself in the mirror, you cannot get any higher score. You scored a perfect 100. Okay. Yeah, entitlement. This is a nasty one. Vanity, let me just tell you, vanity in a girl, if I had to pick all the traits that I could live with, vanity's okay, because I feel like all girls like looking in the mirrors. But you got on superiority. That means you see yourself as better than people. You got a hundred. Wow. But here's the worst of them. You got on entitlement. On entitlement, you got like a 90. So entitlement, I have a friend like this. And you know, I've been friends with him for 10 years and I never figured out what was wrong with him until I gave him this test. It's called the way, the Narcissism Personality Inventory, MPI. It's a free test online if you Google it. He always says stuff like, dude, you don't call me. And I'm like, but you don't call me. And he can't do the math in his head. How are you going to call someone else out for not calling or texting when you don't? But I now I know why. His, I had him take this test. His entitlement score. So entitles is kind of like the world owes me lots of stuff. Yeah, and so, yes, your, your boyfriend should get a purple heart and a gold star. So if you're watching, <laughs> you are an amazing man, and I don't know how you do it, but I'm very proud of you and your strength as a man, although you also got 100 on exhibitionism, which means like to show their body. But let me ask you this, because you're... One thing I like about you, good news, you're very honest. That's good. Because some people try to hide it. You're like, I'm a narcissist, and I don't care if anybody knows. So you're a unique case study for me. So my question is, you do see yourself as superior to most people. Like you're... you're, that you're so messed up when you... No, no, but just think of it this way. Like most people are kind of dumb. You see things a little better than most people. You got more insight and things like that than the average girl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, sometimes that's true. Like, if you're Steve, I'm going to give you this test, by the way. I'm going to give you. Can you text her the link I sent you? Yes, take this test right now. You don't have Wi Fi? No. Yeah, there's Wi Fi right here. Ask this dude. Go to Wi Fi. So, you asked me what a bad score is. First thing, narcissism. If they score high on the dark triad narcissism, I have them take a second test called MPI. It's kind of like an x-ray of the brain. Sometimes people argue with me. I'm like, would you argue with an x-ray? If an x-ray shows you have a broken arm, would you be like, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. No, you have a broken damn arm. You kind of have a broken brain on certain things. On some things, you're doing great. So I'm not going to throw you under the bus too much. But the second thing you look for is Machiavellianism, which you are not. So that's good about you. You don't lie a lot. So that's good. High five. She gets caught or else she would lie. <laughs> did you get it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, give it to, give, okay. If they score, so have you ever dated a guy 
that says one thing, but then behind your back does a completely different thing, that's Machiavellian traits. Not straightforward. And you can do a Machiavellian inventory. The third one, only women have to deal with this. Psychotic. Who here has ever dealt with a psychotic guy? He basically had no emotions. You? Okay, we have one over here, Adrian. So what was he like? Emotionless? No feelings? How long did you stay with him? Why? People. Respect your damn self. Who cares? There's lots of people you could have. But think about this. Here, here's a good framework for life. Imagine you got seven more months in life, and that's it. You gonna spend it with that guy? Because a lot, 50 people just got shot in the back, in the face yesterday. It could have been any one of us at this table. We're gonna take a short commercial break because we are gonna order food. We'll be back for segment two. We're now here in part two. I am further, wait, but guys, be, be a little bit. I'm gonna put you, you guys can go to another table, but don't be too loud. Okay. I know, they can go right there. There's a great table. You guys can have weirdo conversations over there. Okay, I'm talking with L. This is conversation with L. L, I would, remember I was saying earlier in part one, I was saying how, what do women find attractive men? So I asked L, she said, oh, I was with a great guy, but he had a little addiction problem. What was the addiction problem? It's meth. 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 We are talking about a full on crackhead kind of drug. It's not like weed. It's not like meth. Now, I asked her, this is an interesting thing. I said, why were you attracted to him? She's like, well, when you're together with a guy for so long. I said, how long? And how long you been with him? Six years. Since he was 13. So this begs another question. What kind of parents let their 13-year-old have a full-on relationship? And what was your answer? Single mother. No, but you said not only single mother, but she didn't care about you. She didn't care, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to make a prediction right here on this podcast. Listen to me, Elle. If you don't fix your brain, I guarantee you, you'll have a shitty life. Zero. But you have about two years to fix it. By the time you're in your early 20s, the brain seals over. Your brain physically, it physically stops being, you know like trying to learn a language, it's really easy when you're five, right? Yeah. Like you can learn Chinese at three. You, their Kids can learn 10 languages by the time they're five, but you can't learn five, 10 languages in a year when you're 30. So you have to, life has given you but I had the same hand. I had a single mom, but my mom loved me, so it wasn't yeah. as bad as yours. You not on, have you ever met your dad? Yeah. Is he cool with you? Are you cool with him? No. Does he care about you? No. Okay, so the meth guy, forget, forget the discovery of the meth. The fact that you were attracted to the type of dude who would ever be involved in meth is the, the root of the problem. But get it fixed. Think of it this way. If you were super overweight and you don't know how to work out in the gym, what do you do? What should you do? Get a trainer. Hire a trainer. Mm -hmm. So you need a brain trainer. You don't have a brain. It's funny. In LA, everybody has a... Everybody in LA, in Hollywood, they have body trainers. They got personal trainers. But then their brain 
is like an obese out of shape and they're like no i'll fix it on my own through natural just the progression of time no you don't fix it. shit gets worse with time the less you work out your body it, it if you're out of shape at 30 you can't be like oh just give it till i'm 40 i'll be good then no it gets worse so that's what i said whatever you have right now it's about to get worse if you're already dating meth heads at 19 oh my god I'm worried. I'm worried about planet Earth sometimes. Okay. Can you text the screenshots of this to me? So the question becomes, how do you fix this? It's extremely hard. That's the first one. But I'll give you a little bit of good news. Your number one thing, and it's going to be hard for you, you have to completely switch the type of people you hang around. You have to find girlfriends who came from the best family in history. The first time you meet a girl before you decide to get a girlfriend, you'd be like, tell me about your mom and dad. You want them to be like, oh, they were in love. They were pinching each other's butt after 30 years of marriage. That, that you hang out with 20 people like yeah. that, and it will slowly, you'll absorb it. You will absorb Can you send that to Yeah, I'm saying it's yeah. Speaking of weird people you're talking to, tell us about Matt. Matt. Or whoever you're just texting. I was texting my mom. Oh. Your mom. mom's name is Matt. No, it's M-O-M. Her mom's name is Matt. My mom. Hey, in Hollywood, you never know. Yeah. Matt can be a mom. No, it's my mom. I don't know Matt. <laughs> I really don't know She's best friends with her mom. So you have to change your friends. Because so I, I guarantee you, most of your friends. Nope. You're best friends with her mom? And her, like, the, like her, like yeah, but she didn't have a good upbringing. Me and my mom don't get along. Like, and her, no, 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 and her you mom didn't hear what like I said. Friends. No, you didn't hear what I said. No, you missed everything I said. Well, I, I, you're friends with her, and she had a bad. She didn't have good parents. So how's that fixing the problem? No, you have to find people that you don't know now, and then when you meet them, be like, I like you, tell me about your mom and dad. The problem is, like attracts like. Fucked up people become friends with fucked up people. There's a good book on this called The H Factor of Personality. It's by the guy who invented the Hexaco score. He basically said that for the most part, people go to equal levels. So if you're narcissistic, most of your friends are narcissistic. If you have bad parents, like all my friends growing up, every one of them had a single mom, except Jeremy. Uh, I had one, I'm sorry, I had one set of friends out of every friend that had a mom and dad. Because I didn't have mom and dad, so I didn't have anything in common. What about me? Yeah. Right, so those friends are lucky. Hey, you're the exception to the rule. Hey, did you text it to me? Yeah, I texted it to you. Alright, now we're gonna look at Talia's psychology. Here we go. Alright. Her score. Damn, this girl's anxious right here. What's up? Have you ever taken medication for anxiety? Uh, no. You ever thought about it? No. But you're anxious? Yeah, I am. <laughs> you probably never asked the doctor. You also cry a lot at movies. Yeah. And you're not that sen- you're not that dependent, so you'd be an average girlfriend. Not the best. <laughs> not the best. Guys, when you do this test that I have on my website, look at the girl's dependence factor. And women, look at the guys. If there's no dependence, then you'll net. Why do you want to be with somebody? You got to be a little dependent on somebody. I'm dependent on my business partners. You're somewhat forgiving. You're not stubborn. That's a good thing about you. Not stubborn. And you're patient. 
You're ISFJ or INFJ. Excuse me. Really? That's the same thing I got. Yeah. Well, you guys are, she might be, she's more introverted than you. ISFJ means, I stands for introversion, not extroversion. S stands for sensing, not intuition. F stands for feeling, not, she's not a thinker. No offense. She's more of a feeler. <laughs> and she's a J. Do you make plans far ahead? Um, yeah. Yeah. J's will plan out like their vacations like three months ahead of time. P's, like me, man, if you start making me plan six months ahead of time, I get stressed out. I'm like, hell no. In fact, I tell, I tell my assistant, only tell me my day's plans the, the morning when I wake up. Yeah. The morning I wake up, I'm like, that's when I want to know what I have to do. Or else I'll think about it all day. You know? I'll be like, oh, Friday. Like, I have, this Friday I have this conference, my mentor conference. And since I know it ahead of time, it's been ruining every day because I got to think about that damn thing. <laughs>